Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Renee A., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, November 17th, and today we're reading from the big book. We are on page 43, that first paragraph, starting with Fred's story speaks for itself, and ending with they really commence to solve their problems. And we're going to be commenting on that paragraph only. Today's readers are The 12 Steps, Julie P., The 12 Traditions, Nancy R., and readers of the text are Barb W., Ken W.H., and Katie B. The reference numbers for Wednesday, November 16th, are as follows. For the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, um, that reference number is 19,644. That's 19644. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, that um, reference number is 19,645. 19645. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Julie P. to read the 12 steps. Julie? Good morning, this is Julie P., gratefully recovered in northern Minnesota, the 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you for this opportunity to do service and have a blessed day. Thank you, Julie. Really appreciate that. Okay, I will now ask Nancy R. to read the 12 traditions. Nancy? Thank you so much. Thank you, Renee A. I'm Nancy R., a compulsive overeater in New York. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much. I'm grateful to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 43, the first paragraph, starting with Fred's story speaks for itself 
and ending with, they really commenced to solve their problems. And we'll be commenting on that one paragraph only. Okay, I am now going to ask Barb W. to begin that reading. Barb? Good morning, Renee. Thank you for your service. Barb W., compulsive overeater, gratefully recovered in Illinois. Fred's story speaks for itself. We hope it strikes home to thousands like him. He had felt only the first nip of the ringer. Most alcoholics have to be pretty badly mangled before they really commence to solve their problems. Strikes me that the story speaks for itself. And I think of my story prior to program of trying on my own power, ultimately failing every time, restricting diets, returning um, to hopelessness. And my body spoke for itself. I had health issues. I was restricting, my life was restricted. But it's twofold. It's physical, but it's also mental. My mind, my life, how I engineered my life on my own power, I might add. My actions towards myself and others, I just left um, disasters and heartbreak in my wake. And my motto had become, who cares and why bother? It didn't create a very um, much of a life. Um, my my, My story did speak for itself. I was mangled enough, and I uh, thank God coming into vision, being welcomed by the sharings of others that had gone before me, their sharing of their story, as it were, their experience, strength, and hope, which is really the 12th step, offering a light, the path for those coming in new, sharing the message. I want to welcome all the newcomers here for the first time, here for years. And I love this paragraph. We hope it strikes home to thousands like him. And I could just break down in a good way that that it, 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 wherever Bill is right now, seeing the millions and millions of people that have been impacted and lives changed and healed with this program. And so it's a new day for each of us a new 24 hours and it's the day we have a story and all of our todays strung together each of us have a life wherever we are it's just unfolding this day so i thank you and i pass thanks barb appreciate your share okay so before i take a list let me remind you that although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So that means if you shared Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back and let other, others share today. So who would like to share on that paragraph that we read today? Lisa B. Melissa. Okay, I got Lisa and no one else. Angela Angela R. Melissa C. Angela A. Vanessa R. Okay, let me tell you who I've got. 
let me tell you who I've got so far. I've got Lisa, Angela, Melissa, and Nessa. Who else? What page, please? We're on page 43. We're reading that first paragraph starting with Fred's story speaks for itself. So who else would like to share on that paragraph? Okay, well, I'll tell you what. Let's start with those four. I have a feeling I missed quite a few people there. So um, let's start with those four, and then I'll take a new list of names. So whenever I... um, call your name. If you wouldn't mind, please share the first initial of your last name and also please the state that you're calling from. That'll help us locate you on the on the member list. Okay, Lisa, I have you first, followed by Angela. Go ahead, Lisa. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks for your service and to all who are on the line this morning. Um, my name's Lisa BT. Uh, I'm in Guelph, Ontario, in Canada. And I am so grateful. I'm a grateful, recovered overeater today. Um, I, I did my morning reading before um, coming onto the line, and it, it's, again, is it odd or is it God? It's so tied to this morning, I feel, um, and I really just wanted to share it. So um, the word mangled, that's the one that really came, spoke to me. Um, I know we've been uh, looking at Fred for quite some time, and I think for good reason. And, uh, you know, I know, I think mangled can look like lots of, lots of things. Um, but to me, it is that um, I was introduced to this program and I knew um, the moment I was introduced to it that somehow this was, this was going to save me. This was the path for me. And yet um, I have struggled um, in and out um, since 06. And um, this morning I had this epiphany and it came through my reading and came through Fred's story that we've been listening to. Um, there's something about, um, there's something for me about, can I believe that this really is for me? Like has my form of, of being mangled a kind of a deep misunderstanding that this gift is is freely offered. I think for so long, why I would leave the rooms temporarily, I'd come back. It is is my thinking would go well. God will love me if I am abstinent. Um, if I'm good, if I do things right, then I will get God's love. And I just could not take in that that wasn't the order, that it was really the other way around, that, that, that love of a higher power is already there. Um, and I don't, I'm, I'm already sort of accepted. And I think that really what I wanted to say this morning to the group and to my experience in, in the 12 steps has been um, that sense of even though I've had all these struggles all these years, I've never been not accepted by the group. I can come back at any point. I can come back. As my one sponsor said to me, 
I don't care if you're calling me with, you know, uh, something. General reminder. Thank you. Something you're not supposed to be eating and you're eating it at the time. You can call me and let me know what's going on. So I guess just that idea of acceptance and the fellowship of the group has been an amazing starting place for me to truly understand my higher power. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, up next we have Angela, and Angela, you'll be followed by Melissa. Okay, go ahead, Angela. Hi, thank you so much, Renee, and everybody on the line. My name is Angela A. I'm a compulsive overeater in Georgia, and this really spoke to me. I read it many times before, but it it just really struck me. I'm old enough that I remember the old ringer washers. And um, I know when I was, I don't remember how old I was, pretty young, My we had an old one of those old-fashioned ringer washers. And I used to always want to help my mother when she was doing the laundry. And she, in her wisdom, would she would never let me help her because she was afraid where it says only felt the first nip of the ringer. She was afraid I was going to get nipped by uh, by the ringer. And then most alcoholics had to be pretty badly mangled before they really commenced to solve their problems. Yeah, I got pretty mangled off and on. And I just uh, really like that analogy because, you know, it, it just it spoke to me so clearly because, you know, we actually did have <laughs> the, that, that old-timey ringer washer for a while. And then I remember when we got the, the modern, newfangled, <laughs> if you will, washer and dryer. You know, she was on like cloud nine, and I didn't really get it, but I get it now. And um, I feel like I'm rambling, so I, I'm going to just stop there and say how grateful I am and how grateful I am for this meeting and um, to be getting more and more uh, vision and clarity. Thank you so much. Thank you, Angela. Okay, up next, um, we've got Melissa. And Melissa, you'll be followed by Nessa. Go ahead, Melissa. Hi, good morning. Thanks so much for your service this morning, Renee. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, the paragraph, it's sort of, I, I read it and I think, okay, so he only felt the nip of the ringer. Like, he, he you know, shows up. Um, he doesn't even know where he's been. A, a taxi, you know, a, a nice cab driver picks him up. And, and, um, and that, what, what it makes me think about um, is that my, my standards for what I want for myself, I, that mark in the sand, it was erasable, and I just kept lowering it. So that what I thought was a horrendous consequence, you know, little nips over time mangle you. And that was my experience, like repeated nips over and over and over again. And every time... You know, it was like it required just a little more 
little deeper, a little, little more painful wound. And I look up, you know, I looked up the word mangled because, you know, I read it at first and I'm like, oh, that's such a melodramatic. I'm always thinking these are very melodramatic terms for compulsive overeaters. I mean, we don't often, I never left my house, you know, my kids weren't taken from me, thank God. Um, so, so how am I mangled, right? I look up the word and it gave me the chills because it says to be torn, like the flesh is torn. And I don't know about you all, but I, I had some angry stretch marks. I mean, that's the tearing of the flesh. And um, I gained 100 pounds when I was in high school. And my, you know, my poor young skin, I've got, I've got evidence of having been mangled. But my standards and my, my barometer for what was like too much, you know, it, it's this disease um, just keeps changing that end mark just keeps changing it. And, and for me at the end, my mangling was not the physical mangling. It was my emotional, spiritual mangling and my mental mangling. Like I, you know, um, I had many physical consequences of this disease, digestive issues, high blood pressure. I broke my leg twice trying to run off being, you know, having binged. But what got me at the end, what really, like, convinced me to commence, to start, was I thought I was losing my mind. I, I was crippled by fear. And that was, you know, that was my mangling. That was my wake-up call. And I say, you know, maybe if you're thinking, ah, it's not that bad, maybe the problem is, is that you've been erasing the line and trying to remake what you're, you know, what the worst part is for you. A gentle today. reminder. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. I think our, the, the idea is just to give up where you're at, and we can start. Thanks for that. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa. Okay, up next um, is Nessa. And uh, after Nessa, we'll go ahead and take a new list of names. So good morning, Nessa. Hi. Good morning, Vision for You. It's Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto. Canada. Um, Fred's story is my favorite story in the whole entire book, um, mainly because it highlights everything that was wrong with my thinking. Um, All the lies that I told myself to enable my eating, to continue justifying the fact that I had to eat in order to cope with life. And, you know, um, Fred is the so-called high bottom addict, high bottom drunk, Um, you know, which tells me, uh, and actually this paragraph tells me that what is bottom, you know, I I used to, you know, I came into program in 2003, almost 20 years ago. And, you know, I struggled in program for nine years. And I kept saying, well, I just haven't reached my bottom. I just haven't reached my bottom. And, you know, that, listen, if I haven't reached my bottom coming into into a way, I don't know what reaching a bottom really means. You know, I came to a way because I had tried everything and nothing worked. I mean, this was like my last hope, my last attempt, my uh, my last recourse. So, like, if that's not bottom, I don't know what bottom is. So why did I keep saying I haven't reached my bottom? And what this, this paragraph tells me is that bottom is where you stop digging. You know, Fred didn't lose it all. He didn't lose his 
his family, he didn't lose his money, he didn't lose his job, he didn't lose his reputation because he smartened up pretty quickly after that 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 scare. Um, you know, and you know, this is this is a lesson for all of us. I mean, I I I'm relatively a high bottom um compostable reader too because I was only about 70 pounds overweight. I didn't have to lose over a hundred or two hundred pounds. Um, but I had to stop digging, which means I had to stop making excuses. I understand somebody who hasn't come to a way yet uh, that says I haven't reached my bottom. For sure they haven't reached their bottom because they're still out there eating and trying to control the food and trying to control the weight. But once I'm in a way, I have already admitted that. I already needed that, that man, I don't know how much, how much more I can go with this. And so I need to stop making excuses and truly clean up my food and give up everything I need to give up food ingredient behavior wise so that I can embark in the program of recovery. Um, and that's, that's what Fred did. Um, big lesson for me, big lesson for me because I kept making excuses um, to continue eating, to not give up this, to not give up that. Or oh, I cannot imagine life without chocolate. You know, thank you. Or weighing and measuring reminds me of all those diets that I tried and I failed and I don't want to have the diet mentality, blah, 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 blah. Stop making excuses, you know, pull myself up by the bootstraps and, and recover. And this is what the story teaches me. And I pass. Thank you, Nessa. Okay, so um, if you just hopped on the line and you're kind of wondering where we're at, we're on page 43. We're on that first paragraph that starts with, Fred's story speaks for itself. And it ends with, they really commence to solve their problems. And we are sharing on that one small, short little paragraph with so much in it. Um, we're going to take a new list of names, um, so just please bear in mind that although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your sharing to every third day. So that means if you shared Tuesday or Wednesday, we ask that you please step back and let some other people have a turn. Okay, who would like to share on that paragraph? Heather E.H. Heather, got you. Bessie Lee, B. Say, who's the B? Say that again. Okay. Bessie, B-E-S-S-I-E, B. Got it. Baker's my last name. Thanks, Bessie. Emily S. Emily. Tracy G. Hold on just a second. Say that again before Tracy. Nancy S. Nancy. Okay. Nancy. All right. Tracy, I got you. Who else? Okay, let me tell you who I have so far. I've got Heather, Bessie, Emily, Nancy, and Tracy. Who else? Okay, let's go with those names, and then um, we'll see where we're at time-wise. Uh, okay, if you wouldn't mind, please, when, you're, when it's your turn to share, please give us the uh, first initial of your last name and the state that you're calling from. Heather, you're up, and you'll be followed by Bessie. Go right ahead, Heather. Heather E.H. from Texas. Can you hear me? 
Sure can. Go right ahead. Okay. All I wanted to say is I'm just going to chime in and say I didn't think I had any physical uh, maladies from my my overeating. I didn't gain a whole bunch of weight, but I was bulimic from the time I was 17 until I was 31, and my AA sponsor confronted me and said, you need to go to OA because you have bulimia, and I'm not going to do my fifth step with you unless you go. And so I I went and it cured me. I mean, I that one meeting of OA cured me because I just went, I just went on eating sugar. I replaced um um sugar-free artificial sweeteners um for my sugar and I quit uh vomiting and purging. But, um, and that was a melody, but, um, what really, um, what really hurt me, what really harmed me was about 30 years later, um, I just had a, like, it was like an emotional, spiritual breakdown and, um, I couldn't shake it. And I knew I had to come to OA. And so that was about two and a half years ago. And I called this lady in OA locally. And um, she gave me the directions to a meeting and I went. And so that was the journey to me, for me to get to OA. And I wasn't, was no longer um, mangled. And I was, I was mangled emotionally. And so being in this program has really uh, turned my life around. And um, that's what I wanted to to share. And um, I'm going to pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Heather. Okay, next up, um, we're going to hear from Bessie. Bessie, you'll be followed by Emily. Go ahead, Bessie. Yes, my name's Bessie. Can I be heard? <clears throat> can yes. I be heard? Oh, okay. Yes, you can. Okay. Go right All right. So uh, I just want to echo something that was said earlier in the meeting about God will only love me if I'm abstinent. Uh, then I will be worthy. Uh, I remember going to, I went to OA for many decades, traditional OA, and I had heard this woman say, God doesn't care about what I eat today. It doesn't matter what I eat today. And I remember thinking, because I really identified myself as a food addict, as sugar, flour, and wheat was my problem. And um, I thought, this is blasphemy, you know. Uh, Now, many, many years later, I totally have that, that God loves me unconditionally. uh, Not that I eat sugar, flour, and wheat, Occasionally, I will stumble, but um, uh, you know it's it's not about that. It's my relationship with my higher power, and uh, so I just wanted to say that. And then, so far as being mingled, um, I am very much like 
10 years I was bottoming out, okay? I went through surgeries. I went through so much physically, you know, had stage one cancer twice. I mean, it, it was just unbelievable, but it wasn't enough to, quote, unquote, scare me enough to really follow directions in this program and get help. Even though I was going to meetings almost every day, I mean, I guess I have screw loose. And um, bottom line was I, I, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought real quick, but uh, it wasn't until my latest physical thing that was really bad that I decided it was time uh, I wasn't waiting for God to do it for me. I wasn't waiting for a perfect sponsor to do it for me. I love myself enough to do it. And uh, I've been doing well since thanks last Thanksgiving. And um, I'm just so grateful for this program. Uh, and I, it's just changed my whole life. And uh, thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Bessie. Appreciate the share. Okay, so up next, we're going to hear from Emily. And um, Emily, you'll be followed by Nancy. Okay, Emily, go ahead. Emily, star one. Okay, may you, not have can even... Can you hear me? Oh, yes, I can. Go right ahead. So, sorry, this is Emily S. from Ohio. Go and, right ahead. Hi, I just wanted to share. So today I am three weeks absent, thank, thanks to God. Um, I uh, have been coming to the rooms for 10 years, but uh, and, but I didn't really have a sponsor ever who taught me how to work the steps. And so in the past, I've always kind of gotten to around two weeks of abstinence. And then like the, the trouble with, with actually learning how to live without the food is my crutch. Like that's always where I've gotten to. And so this, so this more, and I swear my, what I'm talking about is going to be related to the reading. So just bear with me, but basically this morning I got up and um I and and I do have a really great sponsor now who's teaching me how to work the steps. But this morning I got up and I thought, well, everybody's always talking about this third step prayer. I'm I'm going to look up this third step prayer because I was praying and asking God for my abstinence today and and so I opened up the big book and in the back was the very last chapter which is like learning how to live without alcohol. And I was like all right, God, <laughs> you knew exactly what I'm thinking. You know my mind. And there's this story, and the guy is saying how, like, he he was at this party for his in-laws, and he got really drunk, and they had to drag him out from under the piano and go lock him in a room. And and I remember thinking when I read it, I was like, thank, thank God that wasn't me. But But then I read the reading for today, and it was like the first nip of the ringer, and I thought, but you know what? That could have been me. And even though it wasn't alcohol, I've no, I, I can see that like through the food, like I've, I've each, with each, all the, so many relationships that I've hurt or I've reacted to out of fear or out of guilt or whatever. And I've, 
and and how many things have kind of gradually over the years been you know hurt and 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 just a t- became tangled in a mess just because I was using food because I would just say you know I would just kind of put it out of my mind and pick up a bowl of macaroni and cheese or whatever and um anyway I'm I'm just really grateful that they didn't have to drag me out from under the piano and lock me in a room. <laughs> so, um, but you know, this, this, you know, I'm glad that I think I'm probably somewhere in between the first nip of the ringer and the getting pulled out from under, under the piano. But, um, general reminder anyhow, for, t- for today, I'm, I'm absent. And for day for today, I'm very grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Emily. Okay, so up next we'll hear from Nancy, and Nancy, you'll be followed by Tracy. Go ahead, Nancy. And this is Nancy S. from Massachusetts. Um, thank you for your service today. This is a great reading for me. Um, I'm abstinent day six, and I had a chuckle about the mangle with the washing machine because my mother used to have a mangle too, and it always used to be a big joke. But um, but literally, I had to get mangled with the food. Um, and I realized that coming to a vision, a lot of it's been fear of if I put down the food, what's going to fill the hole? And being terrified that, oh, my God, God's not going to be there for me. Um, because, A, I'm not worthy, blah, blah, blah. You know, the stuff that we all seem to go through. Um, but I'm just, I had a whole bunch of things I was going to say and they all went right out of my head. <laughs> but anyways, I am very grateful to be here and thank you so much for your service. I'll put that on pass. Okay. Thank you, Nancy. All right. Up next, um, Tracy, we'll hear from you. And after Tracy, I'll take a new list of names. So Tracy, go ahead. Good morning, everybody. Tracy G., North Carolina, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater, and um, grateful to be able to share for the first time. Um, What really struck me when I was reading this short paragraph was Fred's story speaks for itself. We all have a story, and my story speaks for itself. And I remember being a little girl in what I called my party pantry. It had three walls of food. I was about eight or ten years old, and that's where I thought my food was my comfort and my friend. Lies. So then I fast forward 40 years of obsessive emotional turmoil, of darkness, dieting, binge exercising, and secretly eating in closets and under sheets as a compulsive eater and behavior. Pure exhaustion. Pleated, bared, pressed, and really desperate. And one day, about um, several months ago, actually, one day I woke up and I was in tremendous pain physically. And I could not recall what happened the day before. And I laid there and then I remembered. I not only binged my brains out that day, literally for four hours, but also decided, premeditated, to go to three fast food drive throughs and then afterwards go and hide all of the things that I did before returning home. 
It was right then that real fear had led me to either understand that this is a fatal disease, progressive, that's going to lead to death, or to surrender to God. And I had to be willing to change. So here I am, grateful to God and OA. It's the best way. I had to lay down the food, and I had to work the 12 steps like my hair was on fire. It was hard. It was hard. But it's the best way of life for me. And I know that faith in God has done what I could never, ever do for myself. And today, God did solve my problem, and he continues to solve my problems. And um, you know what? Daily, I'll lay it down and let it go so that God can do it. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Tracy. Okay, so now we're going to um, take a new list of names. Before we do that, if you, if you joined us late, we're on page 43. We're on that first paragraph starting with Fred's story speaks for itself and ending with they really commenced to solve their problems. Um, so I will take a new list of names. If you've shared Tuesday or Wednesday, would you please hold back so that other people can have a turn? Okay, who would like to share? Christina A. Anita L. Robin Donna D. Okay, guys, hang on just half a second. In all of that, the only person that I heard was Anita. So if you said your name before that, would you please let me know? Donna D. Okay, I got Donna out of that. Christina J. Robin. Christina. Robin and David. Yes. Okay. All right. Toby. Joe, let's stop with you, Joe, Um, and let's see how we how far we get. Okay. So let me tell you who I heard, Um, and if I missed you, I am so sorry. Uh, I heard Anita, Donna, Christina. Robin, David, and Joe. Okay, Anita, would you uh, please go ahead and um, just share with us the first initial of your last name and the state you're calling from? Uh, I think you called on me. It's Anita L. from Pennsylvania. Yeah, her, her dad, I mean, every year, and I'll still tell you. Okay, Anita, sorry for the interruption. Go right ahead. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Um, Anita L. from Pennsylvania. Feeling uh, a lot of inner peace and gratitude this morning to my higher power. Um, And that's the greatest gift that I could ever want. And in my writing this morning, I shared that with my higher power and my higher power confirmed it back to me. And I am on the path of freedom. I am feeling it currently. It's just beyond my wildest dreams. And so for anyone who is in the food, I just say keep coming back. Keep coming back. I've been in this program since 1978. And I've kept coming back every day. 
And my journey was, you know, up and down and up and down because I had to be pretty badly mangled. I came in, uh, I thought I was physically at a low point, but my higher power brought me to being over 200 pounds. And when I was 204, I stopped getting on the scale. And um, at that time in my life, I was just almost 5'3". And um, when I had my first child, I don't know why I thought of this. Somebody talked to surge about surgery. <clears throat> but what came to my mind was when I had my first child, I was lying in the hospital bed with him in my arms. And my gynecologist, my obstetrician, came in and said to me, oh, my goodness, if I had a pin and put it up to your skin, you would burst. You're so big. I can't believe he said that. Um, but I will never forget it. Uh, so I was pretty badly mangled, although I was feeling so much love and peace and contentment with my baby in my arms. But um, I had to be pretty badly mangled. And I think what got me about um, at the beginning of the pandemic, when I was taking care of my mother, my sisters and I took turns taking care of her and I was with her. And this was about two weeks into me uh, take it, watching her. She and I were in the house together. She said to me, you are just like your father. You have an anger problem. And I was like, okay, thank you. I couldn't believe she said that. That was my bottom. And thank you, God, I am not there today. With that, I pass. Thank you, Anita. Okay, next we'll hear from Donna. Donna, you'll be followed by Christina. Go ahead, Donna. Hi, this is Donna G. from Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for your service, your faithful service. Um, I'm just feeling a lot of gratitude this morning, and uh, there aren't a lot of, I don't know why, my memory is horrible, but there aren't many readings that I hear, and um, I remember them from the year before, or I remember what I was thinking when it was read the year before, because I've been on on this meeting for a few years now. So I don't know, but this one I always remember. And I think the reason is the ringer and people have mentioned the ringer washer. And I grew up, my mother had a ringer washer, but she also had um, a regular washing machine as well. And she also had a sink. So she had three different ways of doing laundry. My mother really took her time and, made decisions about how to do laundry and, you know, whether it should be, she called it um, pan washed, which was like in the sink with wool lights, you know, or with a, another product or in the ringer washer in the, and uh, my mother was totally at the top of my fourth step list <laughs> for many reasons. One of them being, you know, her trying to tell me, you know, things like how to do laundry, you know, but anyhow, it didn't matter. I was an addict, no matter what my mother did. 
Um, but she was at the top of my list. And one of the things I'm most grateful for today is that before she died, um, because of being in this program, I made peace with her. And um, I think all that my mother was trying to tell me most of my life was that, you know, just like the different ways of washing that, you know, that everything that is fast and easy isn't best, including food, you know, and that ease and comfort and just the fast way isn't always the best way. And um, this program has taught me so, so much about the rewards that come from slowing down, breathing, pausing, and just connecting with my higher power. And uh, that's another thing my mother taught me. I don't even know if this is all making sense, but in my eyes, this reading, it just brings it all to gratitude for me. Um, for my mother, for the lessons this program teaches me. And um, by the way, there is a release button on <laughs> a ringer washer. That's another thing my mother taught me. If your hands ever get caught in there, just you just push this button and it immediately releases the ringer. So, um, you know, there is an answer. There's a solution, and I'm grateful for General all that. reminder. Thank you. Thanks so much, and I'll pass. Okay. Thank you, Donna. All right, up next, we'll hear from Christina, and after Christina, it'll be Robin. Go right ahead, Christina. Good morning, everyone. Christina J. from the state of North Carolina today. Um, love this book. I always relate to the pain in the paragraph and the solution. I went around for so many years mangled. I was mangled since I started as a kid, mangled go in and out of being completely mangled, either physically, emotionally, or mentally. And for years, I didn't have a solution. I didn't have a way to get unmangled. I thought I'd check the next diet out or the next pill or whatever it was, you know. But I'd always go back to mangling myself. And it was painful, very painful. I didn't know what to do, you know, walking around in confusion with this thing. And I'm so grateful. I mean, I know we all are, that those who have tasted what recovery is really like, the other side of the bridge, where we've connected with that higher power, we could take our pain of life to him. We can be physically recovered. But mentally, it's an ongoing process for me, and emotionally. And I can take those things to the solution that I've discovered in this program. And if you're out there, the solution is discovered. If you're new to this thing, and, you know, we all say the same thing, get on the train, start taking the steps. And the disease will make excuses for you. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like God. I don't like that word. I don't like religion. This is a cult. I have to put down that food. I have to do this. I have to do that. And so the pretty badly mangled thing, you know, finally throws us down to where we become willing because our life is passing us by. It's passing us by hard every day. It's pretty freaky as you get older to know that one day you're going to leave this body. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to suffer. Any, I don't want to mangle my body anymore. And when I was without the solution, I would lay in bed scared to my bones, not knowing what to do. I don't know how to diet anymore, I remember saying to myself. I don't, have to, I don't know how to eat anymore. Walking around bloated in big clothes trying to hide, trying to hide because I was ashamed of my body. Because, you know, you couldn't love me if I was fat. 
That was the way it was for me in Southern California. You just could not love me if I was fat. And I hid in these huge clothes in hot, hot weather and sweated because I was ashamed and guilty. You don't have to live that way anymore. And I don't care what society says about, oh, it's okay to be fat now. You know, maybe for some people, but I was miserable. I was mangled for many, many years, and it just kept getting worse because I didn't have a solution. I didn't know what to do. So I kept mangling myself. I went to the solution I, I knew. Gentle reminder. The food would always comfort me, and it wasn't only nine minutes or nine seconds or ten seconds. It comforted me for a long time until I started hurting badly, and I'll finish up. Thank you for letting me share. Love you guys. You've held my hand and my soul through this, and uh, I pass. Thank you, Christina. Okay, Robin, you have about um, just a slightly over Hi. two minutes. Dave, David and Joe, I'm very sorry. I don't know where my mind was. I didn't calculate well. Go right ahead, Robin. My name is Robin M., and I'm from New York. I love what Christina just said about being mangled. I know now I was mangled my whole life, but never thought it affected me or anyone else because it wasn't, I wasn't terribly overweight. Um, but, um, and I thank you for your service, all of you. Mangled is so relative for me. My bottom was finally, um, throwing up every night for about a year. Um, going to doctors, trying to figure out why. Finally accepting. I was eating so much that I felt sick at the end of the day. So I just threw up each, um, which didn't even bother me. Um, until I read that throwing up could cause all kinds of bad things to happen to your body. Um, I was in and out of OA for 20 years. Um, I went to yet another meeting after I read that article, and by God's grace, I found uh, that I found Vision and a sponsor that used Vision. Actually, I found, found my sponsor first, and <laughs> she was in Vision. And the very first meeting struck home with me, it, like it really struck home with me um, that I um, was, this is um, what I needed to do. Um, you guys are such a gift. This program is such a gift to the hopeless um, I'm asking in today by God's grace and this program. Um, and I thank you all uh, again. To the newcomers, I hope that this um, does strike home for you. Um, and I'll pass with that. And thank you for your service. Thanks, Robin. appreciate that. Um, David and Joe, very sorry. Hopefully you can stick around for this uh, next hour that's coming up and share there. Um, I do want to thank everyone who shared a little bit of themselves with us today. Hopefully you'll join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Let me give you the share ID for today's, um, today's meeting. Uh, that's November 17th, Thursday. That uh, share ID number is 19,651. That's 19651. We're, <clears throat> excuse me, we're now going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Ken W.H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Ken?
Ken, we're not able to hear you. There you go. I'm here now. (laughs) Go right ahead. Hi, this is Ken. I'm a compulsive overeater and uh, reading from page 164 in the big book. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.